as we near the end of the year, the Animal Rescue League of Iowa wants to wish you a happy holiday season. We reflect on the year and are thankful for all our volunteers, staff, donors, and the entire community who supports our mission of providing love and care for the thousands of animals who come in our doors each year. While many of our homeless animals will spend their holidays in the shelter this year, thousands will spend the holidays in their new homes. Thanks to all of you. Welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Iowa's For Love of Animals podcast. Welcome to the ARL for Love of Animals podcast. I'm Carol and I'm here with Dan. Hello. And we are ready to talk animals. We are. I like being able to say that in during Thanksgiving because we can say we're ready to talk turkey. <laughs> well, we can say that all the time. We can. And just talk about turkeys all right, the time. Right. But <laughs> we really like to spread it out a bit. And how so. they can fly. Right. And I didn't know they could actually right. fly. Right. Yeah. Yes. That was really frightening from somebody who like knows so much <laughs> about animals. But whatever. <laughs> it's kind of the point of the podcast, isn't it? That we're like hopefully providing education even to you. Yeah. Yeah. You teach why me not? a lot anyway while I just listen to you. Well, like, we learn a lot from We each do. Other. We do. We definitely do. So welcome to For Love of Animals podcast. We're happy you're with us. And remember, you can find us lots of places. Uh, obviously, you're listening to us now, but we also would love to have you sign up for the For Love of Animals Facebook page. Yeah, go out there and like it. Yeah, we'll get lots more uh, stuff out there even than we talk about on the podcast. So, yeah. And if you know how to use Facebook, then you can find it. Right. Just do a search for ARL for love of animals. It'll come up. Easy peasy. Yep. The other thing, if you're already on the ARL Facebook page, um, be sure and go ahead and get signed up for the for love of animals Facebook page also. Yeah. Don't just link to us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we want you to link to us, but we really want you to sign up for this one too. (laughs) Anywho, we have a couple guests in the studio this morning afternoon we but, do and it's not benny i don't know where benny went but i don't he'll he'll come around yeah he will definitely come around so we have molly and chloe both from the animal rescue league's volunteer department uh Hello. here to talk Hello. about volunteering Hi. so welcome we're glad Thank you came you. so uh you guys have been working at the animal rescue league and i know you have a lot of volunteers you coordinate doing a lot of things talk to us a little bit about the volunteer program um, so we actually just crunched the numbers for the year, and we have, uh, I think it was 411 regular volunteers with us. Wow. Um, so we we're really, really trying to grow the department while also keeping it f- a, like a feel of a, a tight-knit family and a team. And I think, um, especially with Chloe being brought on board in July, we've definitely, we've definitely accomplished that goal. Um, we have a great volunteer team, and... Um, we're always looking for more, though. Yeah. How many hours? Did <clears throat> how many? Oh my gosh! I think you know? it was like twenty-two thousand. Isn't some. that crazy? It was a lot, yeah. and that's just our regular. So um, to be considered a, a shelter volunteer, you we ask to put in uh, about two hours every other week, and so those are just those consistent volunteers, not including those who are helping us out um, doing their community service hours mm-hmm. or um, groups that come in or people who just. Um, decide that they have a free day and they want to want to come help um, those those people count count too. <laughs> yeah you know I uh, I used to train all the volunteers as oh. a volunteer so there were five of us who did that like 30 years ago wow. <laughs> and so I know what kind of work you guys do uh-huh. seriously because like for me just doing it as a volunteer I mean it was a lot smaller <laughs> uh, group and you know like and building right? yeah and building like and one building yeah. not like multiple locations right. of oh, wow. things right. and not a barn and you know so I really admire all the work you guys do and you're so responsive one of the questions I get often about volunteering is do you have is there a minimum requirement that you guys have to ask of volunteers like you have to commit to 10 hours a month or four hours you know a month is there is there that requirement yeah we do have a kind of a requirement in place for the people that work directly with the animals um that's just something that we kind of put in place for safety but it's also you know really nice to create that kind of close-knit family that we have with our volunteers there but there are a lot of other different ways to get involved that don't have that requirement so you know we always need help with our operational stuff so we have people who come in you know they'll drop in help us with some laundry help us with some dishes and um that's always really fun and then we also have our outreach events so helping out with you know our community 
events. So getting out there, seeing, you know, representing the ARL in the community and also our, you know, events that we have in-house. So like our adoption events and stuff, we could always use some extra hands for that. Yeah. You so know, then it's a two-hour requirement, you said, every other week. So four hours week. a month, let's yep. say. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, quite a few volunteers who go above and beyond sure. that requirement. Mm-hmm. But that, like Chloe mentioned, um, that requirement is just for jobs that directly interact with the animals, um, just so they can really build that positive rapport with both the animal and the uh, staff. And yeah. then also to keep up on safety, um, really learning like dog body language, cat body language. And so putting in that time and consistency is really important for the safety of the volunteer and, and the animal as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to help <coughs> teach the the classes that you have to go through to work with dogs and oh, to work with cats. Yeah. yeah, I helped put that in place oh, nice. ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just a few months ago. Right. I mean, right. Dan and I are trying not to age ourselves here. but uh, no, It's important, though. It like, is like important. Like you said, because I, I, there were so many people who would go through those um, like secondary requirements classes, and they had no idea that a dog could wag its tail and be attacking you. Right. Like they just mm-hmm. always into not that we know. have a lot of dogs attacking our volunteers. Well, right. They're grouchy. Yeah. Right. That right. doesn't happen. But um, <laughs> they just didn't know what to look for. So it was super important that we taught right. them. Yeah. And then and that's that. certainly not to discourage anyone from we understand that people have vacations and people get sick and the kids have sports and commitments. And so um, we have volunteers that call and say, hey, I know I signed up for this shift, but um, this came up and we completely understand. And we just we like communication with our sure, volunteers. Absolutely. And so I think we've done a really good job of um, building that open com- open line of communication yeah. with our volunteers that they can they can reach out to us and let us know what's going on. And mm-hmm. um, we're pretty receptive. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure. Yep. I think it's uh, re- a really I love your point that you made about jobs other than working with the animals, too, yeah, because we talk about that a lot. I go in there. I mean, it's hard to imagine how much laundry is <laughs> needing to be done, but you look at the blankets and everything that go in with the pets to make sure they have soft places. I mean, even beds, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and all that laundry needs done. So it is, you know, amazing to me and how helpful it is. I walk by and I see volunteers doing laundry and I'm like, thank you so much because it, you know, it can also just be a dirty job coming out of right. you know that, but it's so important. And offsite events, I mean, you know, I remember, uh, to be honest, like when I started volunteering, it was really hard for me to be at the shelter because I would see all the pets and it would be like, oh my gosh, I want to take that one home and that one. And I'm so, you know, so I fortunately landed with a group of volunteers that kind of bribed me into going into the back with the animals and would be like, okay, we're going to go to dinner as soon as we go in the back and do all this. And you know, so for me, I worked a lot of events off site and then all that happened and I started working with the animals and that is really awesome to work with the animals. Um, and now you can drag me away from being with the animals, but it is, it is doable if somebody has a hard time, either allergies or, or being around, you know, whatever that you, there's so much we need off site too. Right. And, um, I think on our site, those <coughs> positions are referred to as public volunteers. Oh, I like but it. But just recently, Chloe and I have started using the term foundational volunteer. Like just it. Just because those jobs are so foundational to the organization and they kind of keep everything up and running and they're really important. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you t- what would you say to anyone who's thinking about volunteering at the Animal Rescue League? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do it right now. Join us. <laughs> And how would they do that? Is there more information on our website? I know www.arl-io.org. But if they have questions, how do they reach out? Yeah, well, we do have um, a volunteer Facebook page for active volunteers. So once you're kind of getting in on the team there, you're certainly welcome to join that to kind of keep up on all the different opportunities we have in and around the shelter. But we also have our email that we're really responsive to, volunteer at arl-iowa.org. And you can always call us as well. So Molly and I are there seven days a week. Um, and yeah, we're always looking for more and one of you is there. One of us, not both of us. (laughs) (laughs) If only. (laughs) And we also have, um, a volunteer orientation. So an information session this Wednesday at five 30 to six 30 at the ARL main campus, um, in the auditorium. And so you can either sign up through our website for that, or you can just show up. Um, no sign up is 
really required. It's just a kind of so Chloe and I have an idea of who's coming, but that's a great way to kind of get in here about the opportunities and then get a get a quick tour of the facility as well. So are those orientations every Wednesday or every Saturday? Where would they find out orientation dates? Uh, orientation dates will be on our website under the volunteer tab. Um, we are kind of uh, restructuring a little bit just with the opening of the new Des Moines Animal Services building. We will be doing uh, volunteer orientations down there as well because oh, awesome. we really, we really want to build that base Great. separate from our, our volunteer base at main campus too. Yeah. So um, right now we're probably looking at one Wednesday at ARL main campus, one Wednesday down at uh, DMAS, but to be... To be determined. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, they're frequent. So I remember when I first started volunteering, they were like one time a month. And that's not the case anymore. Nope. And then if there's any time that an individual can't make those, um, they just shoot, like uh, Chloe said, our email, just shoot us an email and we can do kind of a a sped up version of the orientation, Mm -hmm. a one-on-one. Great. Yep. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And I was looking on the website. Um, if you go to arl-iowa.org and click on Get Involved, there's a link for new volunteers, which will take you directly to the event calendar that we always talk about um, that will show you when and where and what time that the volunteer orientations are. And to your point, you have a whole list of things that people can do. Under administrative, there's photographer, videographer, animal biography writer, donation bank assistant, Um then there's adoption things and there's animal care things and behavior things, so many event things. things. Yeah. <laughs> so y- y- Carol and I say this all the time. If you want to come walk the dogs, by all means, come walk the dogs. But if you want to come wash the windows, then come wash the windows. Mm-hmm. Like if that's your jam, they'll, you guys will find a job for them. Right. Yeah, we always <laughs> joke that if there's not something on that list for somebody, then talk to us because we will come up with something for you. Right. <laughs> we promise we'll there it, will right? be something. Love that. <laughs> and I will say, for those of you that are listening, the Animal Rescue League of Iowa is located in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, but for those of you listening outside of Des Moines, uh, go to your local animal shelters. Volunteer. I guarantee you they need you. That's uh, right. They need you to volunteer. So wherever you're at, um, in Iowa, outside of Iowa, in the U.S., Reach out to your volunteer. Reach out to those animal shelters and see what you can do to help. So yeah. it's so important. And I and I will say too, if I can add, it's a great way to beat the winter blues. Absolutely, 100%. volunteering is proven to increase the serotonin in your brains. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets you moving, so it uh, gets you active and and feeling good, and gets those feel good chemicals going. And so it's a great way during these really dreary, especially come like. February. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Dreary what are you trying for to sure. It's a great way to get out and, and boost your mood and, and all of that good stuff. I guarantee it, you are going to get back more than you give exactly. when you volunteer to the Animal Rescue League. Absolutely going to get back more than you give. And the other thing that I think really comes out of volunteering is is you're going to meet other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, five of my, seriously, five of my very best friends still to this day, we started volunteering together over 25 years ago. In fact, we're having dinner tomorrow. Huh. We we still do stuff with ARL together. I mean, um, so you really are going to build some great friendships because you've got that foundational thing in common. Mm-hmm. You love animals. Yeah, I've met several of my really met. good friends. Yeah, from yeah. ARL and volunteering. Right, for yeah, sure. Amazing. Okay, so the question, there are requirement age requirements for mm-hmm. volunteering, right? Can you kind of go over those? Yeah, so um, we do accept volunteers um, starting from age 10 and up. So we do encourage families to come in, you know. Um, we ask that a kid's age like 10 to 15 have a parent with them volunteering, which is a great way to kind of get out, get connected, you mm-hmm. know. Um, we think it's a really great way to kind of expose them to, you know, signing up for shifts, showing up, you know, giving back and all of that. And obviously there's different roles that fit, you know, kind of, what they're looking to get out of the experience but um but yeah so 10 to 15 they need to volunteer with a parent and then um 16 to 18 they can volunteer with a waiver signed by a parent and then well i guess 18 and up then they'd be able to volunteer on their own so it's awesome. a really awesome way to get connected we get high schoolers in doing silver court hours mm-hmm. um so they get to knock those out while giving back and 
yeah, it's, it's a great way. That's where I always encourage people to volunteer with others. So, you know, we have friends that come in to volunteer together. We have families that come in on the weekends, you know, to give back. And it's just a way, great way to get out of the house, get connected to the mm-hmm. community and give back to people and animals that need it. Yeah. And like you said, then you feel better about yourself. Right. Exactly. And we have had folks um, who are families who have kids under 10 um, who are just really hot on volunteering and we want to continue to foster kind of that attitude. And so we've in the past we've come up with with jobs for those kids like if they would were to make something off-site like treats or enrichment items and then bring it in so really um at 10 is the age that you can volunteer in the shelter but we can we can come up with with anything for pretty much any age that's great like you said if it's not listed yeah you'll we'll, add it we'll find right? something <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you very much, both Molly and Chloe, for coming in. We really appreciate hearing about the volunteer program at the Animal Rescue League. If you want to reach out to them, uh, you've got their website, uh, www.arl-iowa.org, or you can email volunteer at arl-iowa.org as well. So thank you so much for coming in, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You can change the life of a homeless pet by volunteering at the Animal Rescue League of Iowa. From walking dogs to cuddling cats to training horses and so much more, the animals need you. We have several adoption locations throughout the metro to choose from and dozens of off-site events each month. Learn more by attending one of the monthly new volunteer orientations or by visiting arl-iowa.org. At Raina Immer Falls State Farm Agency, we grow our family tree by the three H's, heart, head, and humor. We build trust with our customers, use our knowledge of the industry to get you the personalized insurance plan you and your family or business need, and humor because life's too short not to laugh. Quotes for Good is our way of giving back. We've partnered with the ARL. Mention the ARL, and we will donate $10 to the organization. Call us at 515-217-3053. And we're back. Hello. That was really nice to talk to Molly and Chloe about volunteering. And yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I know you've been a volunteer for a long time, and I, you know, I kind of it kind of brought me back to my roots the other last weekend because we had a uh, meeting, kind of volunteer appreciation for the therapists program. Oh, sure. Uh, which I attended, um, and you know, Caitlin was there, our program manager mm-hmm. for that, and um, and I think I kind of surprised some people. I got a little bit emotional about it because I do every time I talk about it, Carol. My very first volunteering event at the Animal Rescue League, which was literally. 35 <laughs> probably years ago um was at, at the therapist program but it wasn't the therapists at the time actually at the time this you know it was kind of where you picked up a litter of puppies or kittens and took them to a nursing home so they weren't oh, owned pets sure. like they have okay. now which i love the the owned pet thing because you know the animals and da right. da, but so i'd picked up a so i went with you know group and they're like okay we're going to train you on how to do this we pick up a litter of puppies and you've probably <laughs> heard this story and i'm probably going to get emotional again about it because it was literally one of the top 10 profound moments i've had in animal welfare mm-hmm. in 35 years but and i was so fortunate to have it on my first outing so right. I went to this nursing facility uh with a litter of puppies and all the you know residents came down to the activity center except a nurse kind of tapped me on the shoulder i was still holding the puppy and said hey would you mind coming down to this gentleman's room he's been here a little while but he just won't even get out of bed want to see if we can visit with him with a puppy so i walk into his room and his he's laying in his bed his back is to the door um i walk in and i was like you know i'm nervous it's my first you know experience and uh, and of course i'm very 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 young because it was 35 (laughs) years ago um and i said uh hey you know sir i don't know if you want to see a puppy or whatever and he rolled over, sat up, had me put the puppy on his bed, started petting his this puppy and telling me all about the dogs he had as mm. a child. And it was very profound for me because I realized, like, when you think about it and you reflect upon it, like, when I end up someplace and if I'm ever in a facility that I have no animals around me. Right. I don't know what my life will be like. Right. Like because you're so used to it. Because I'm so used to yeah. it. And it's ingrained in me and like what I need right. is animals in my life. And so it really said to me like how important a volunteer program is because yeah. had we not had a volunteer program, nobody would have been out there with dogs and puppies. I mean, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So every week after that, um, 
or every time because we'd go every other week, uh, he would be waiting down in the activity center. Uh, so like he got, he got, him got out of up. His room. Right, exactly. So it was very profound for me. And I, I so I'm just, I'm a huge fan of the volunteer program, huge fan of, you know, therapists because of that. Um, but it's just a great reminder. And, you know, from then I worked events. It was really hard for me to go back in the back because I was sad. Now I realize that's ridiculous because these <laughs> animals are at a great, you know, where they're at a safe place, getting love, attention. Right. And, you know, thank you to all the volunteers that walk these dogs. And, you know, like we have a volunteer named Vaughn at the ARL. Oh, Vaughn who is, is great. My freaking hero. Yeah. He's out there every morning and he walks these dogs and walks. It doesn't matter what the weather is. He walks these dogs. And uh, just what could we do without those people? And I know you you started volunteering. You were doing all sorts of things as well. I think you and I have both done everything um, out there. I think so. I've cleaned <laughs> windows. I've done laundry. I mean, yeah, I've yeah. done lots of stuff. And so you started in what program? What what? Um, what's your recollection of that? This was probably oh gosh, 16, 17 years ago, maybe. Um, I got a puppy. And she was a maniac <laughs> because it was a rat terrier. <laughs> and um, I was like, this dog needs trained. <laughs> and so and I don't know how to do it at right. this point. Yes. So I signed up for uh, classes <clears throat> at the ARL and um, came to the class. And it was with Suzanne Tomlinson, yep. who is like my hero. Yep. Dog whisperer uh, yeah, supreme. Exactly. And uh, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and went through the training class, and after, I mean, I couldn't believe the difference in my dog. And I had volunteered uh, with the Animal Rescue League prior to this, probably 10 years prior or something like that, when it was the old building. Okay. Um, so this was shortly after yes. the new building was built. It would have been I, real. Yeah, yeah started coming out, or took my dog to the training class. But, um, so I would volunteered before, so I knew, you know, what the deal was but it had been a while and on the very last day of class i said to Catherine and suzanne i was like i'm amazed by this and i was fascinated by the science behind the clicker training mm -hmm. and po just positive reinforcement because like i saw it work in you know the eight weeks or whatever it was and i mean my dog was like playing dead i would pretend to like shoot her and she would fall over dead <laughs> you know sitting stay calm you know all that good stuff um, but I said, if you guys ever need a volunteer to like run and help other people, you know, cause there's only two of them and there's all these puppies. Uh, I said, please let me know. I would be more than happy to come help you. And Suzanne was like, what's your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got started. Yeah. And, um, I helped with that. Then I started teaching my own classes. And then, uh, like I told Molly earlier, then I helped, uh, do the dog behavior like if you're a new volunteer the training that you have to go through to know dog yep uh body language and the proper way to get them out of the kennel and you know yada yada um and that's when the arl really started pushing um i mean it's always been positive reinforcement but um that's when uh we started like all the staff carried treat bags and a clicker and so the dogs were getting consistent training yep quote unquote um while they were in our care. So then that would also help us to let people know that we're adopting that, oh, this dog already knows how to sit. This dog already knows how to stay because the volunteers and the staff, when they were interacting with the animals, were all doing the same thing. So that's how I got involved. And then to your point, I've done just about everything. I've done offsite events. I've done canvassing, um, animal services, the barn. Yeah. Uh, which is a cool cats, thing dogs, it's a cool thing about the era yeah when you get done with one thing you can do another yeah you know what i mean like cat behavior i had somebody the other day ask me how did you get into cat behavior i mean to be honest when i started at the era i had dogs you know <laughs> like and <clears throat> we had a volunteer named anya and she uh did cats and she did cat behavior and she uh was going to move back to germany mm. and i had somebody say hey you know do you have an interest in learning about cat behavior and of course i was like sure what the heck right right um and by now i had adopted a cat from the league in Missouri <laughs> that i worshipped and so i was like sure i studied cats i went to every seminar i could mm -hmm. i worked with cats i did everything i could i just became cats 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 and that's been like 30 years and now mm -hmm. you know i do all this behavior stuff to to help the cats stay right. in the homes, you know, and right. help the cats at the ARL. And the thing is, is 
and I bet you'll agree with this, so I'm not speaking for you, but it not only makes a difference to the guy at the nursing home that got to see a dog or the puppies that are getting that socialization or the training or the people that are in training classes, mm-hmm. but it changed me. Yes, 100%. It changed me. Yeah, yeah. and that's um, that's what I get emotional about when I think about it. And um, I spoke at a donor dinner a couple years ago. Yeah. And I started crying when I was speaking. Yep. And that's exactly what I was talking about because, you know, a lot of people, um, when you're like, oh, I volunteer at the animal shelter, they're like, oh, I don't know how you can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I felt at first too, right? And just like you said, I I don't want to go in the back. It's too sad, blah, blah, blah. Um, But once you do and you realize Mm -hmm. what impact you're making, um, not only in each animal's life that you interact with, but <clears throat> just you being there with the other staff or with the other volunteers. Like it's a big community. You're all there for the same reason. You're all marching to the same beat of the drum, mm-hmm. right? Um, everybody wants the very best for the animals. Otherwise they wouldn't be doing it. Right. Um, and you're right. It, it changes your thought process. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's and it not sent my you. life on a totally different path. Absolutely, than, me too. I mean, not that I was, you know, getting arrested or no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if like so, that. I want to hear about those stories. But <laughs> no, I told it's it's not about us anymore. Right. It's about them. Right. It's the greater good. It's the greater yeah, good. Yeah. It's the village yeah. that we always talk about. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you, the dog in the kennel that is there because its family turned it in. They don't care if I'm sad. Right. Like, they're happy I'm there to see them. Right. <laughs> and I'm happy to see them. You know, it's just, it's it's life-changing, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And if if animals aren't your passion, find your passion. Go volunteer somewhere. Oh, 100%. Make a difference. Yes, it will 100%. make a difference. And if you love animals, volunteer. And I know it can be tough sometimes. Um, yeah, get, it's not always It's not rainbows and no. you know puppies and kittens, but I, I, there's a lot of those. There are a lot. Um, but more than not. More than not, yes. But I firmly believe that no matter what you're doing in your life, whether it's your job, your home life, whatever, you have to see the bad in order to see the good. Yeah. Um, and I used to joke with animal services officer Tina about this all the time um, because I've changed her thought process too. And I couldn't, I didn't do that alone. Right. right. I did this because my thought process changed. Right. Um, and when you know better, you do better. Right. We talk about that a lot too. Um, but, you know, being in animal services, you see the bad. That's all you see. Right. Nobody's calling having an animal services off- officer go to, you know, Jane's house because she makes her dog steak every night. Right. Nobody's doing that. Right. Um, you know, they're always going to, oh, this dog is sick. This dog is being abused, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's what I kept telling her. I was like, well, you only see the bad. Yeah. And she didn't hate people by any means. No, right? of course not. Some people do get very bitter and they're right. like, oh, I, I, uh, hate people that's why i love animals yeah we don't do that yeah you can't you can't Mm -mm. think that way but um through the pets for life program is really what what changed my perception of people um because i was on the bandwagon of oh if you can't afford a pet you shouldn't deserve a pet or if you can't take your dog to the vet then you shouldn't have it or you know whatever thought negative thought process that was me right and through the um, Pets for Life program and doing the canvassing, we literally knocked on every single door in the 50314 zip code here in Des Moines and many others. Um, but these people have these pets. A lot of times they rescue these pets from the neighborhood. Right. Or their neighbor, right? you know, has to move and they can't take the animal anymore or it's their auntie's dog that had to go into the nursing home. Whatever the case may be, these people are doing a service just like the animal shelter is doing. Yep. But sometimes they can't even afford to buy their own groceries. But you know what? Guess who has food? The pets. The dog or the cat. Let me tell you, I get it. And I've said for a long time, 
you're going to see the best in people and you're going to see the worst in people. Yes. Yep. That's exactly and both right. Both of them teach you a lot. That's yeah. Each you one know? teaches you a lesson, the good <clears throat> and the bad. So I'm grateful. I, I'm, me too. I consider myself so amazingly lucky that I walked into the animal rescue league all those years mm-hmm. ago with my mom to start volunteering. Yeah. Like so lucky. Yeah. Like, Cause it too. did change me and it, yeah, I know it changed you. And yeah, I'm glad my dog was a maniac. Yeah, isn't that? Lu- aren't you lucky? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know. Too, I mean, I you know not to you know think about your childhood too, and how I mean, you clearly ha- had ingrained in you. You did love animals to start. Oh yeah, I mean 100%. you did, and yeah. so did I. And I think I you know I am so grateful to my parents who. My dad and mom were all about animals, mm-hmm. and you know, to your point, like I'm sure my pets would have eaten before I ate. I mean, they, that was right. their responsibility. And they, right. we got our cat from you know an unwanted litter. Our dog was yeah. a stray who wandered up. Yeah, I mean, and I still remember to this day. And I was thinking about it the other day. I can see the pattern of my parents' chair, and you need to uh, understand <laughs> this is probably like 50 years ago, and my dad catching a cricket, and picking it up and putting it outside. And saying to me, you know, it, it may not make a difference, but it makes a difference to the cricket. That's like right. it got in here by accident. There's no reason to kill it. You can just put it outside. And it I mean, that kind of starts your process, you mm-hmm. know. So I I would encourage parents out there, get your kids involved too. They yeah. love animals. It, Give them those opportunities. The lead by example it is yeah because you saw it your dad didn't say anything no but you saw him pick up the cricket and take it outside right and you're like oh maybe i should do that exactly so you know when i was at dinner a couple years ago and there's a wasp flying around i was trying to catch it with a glove (laughs) on to put it outside and i thought my dinner guests were like gonna be like what the heck is she doing but the point is carol being carol yeah don't worry about it uh you know but i'm so grateful my dad's 96 about 96 and i still remember that from all those years ago so you should ask him if he remembers that i should he'll be like what cricket i did that with every single one i saw yeah exactly he'll be like i don't know what you're talking about because that was just him right that's what he did his mom my grandmother loved animals and probably led by example also Mm -hmm. for him so it's just who he is you know what i mean yeah so yeah another thing that i find so fascinating just being involved and and volunteering and being a part of this uh, community yeah is the way that our thought process has changed yeah um you know from let's say 20 years ago oh, to for sure. what it is today, it's so drastically different. It is. You know, now you see an unneutered dog and you're like, I can't believe that dog's not neutered. Like right. how many years it took where pe- that's, everyone gets their pet spayed and neutered, right. don't they? Right. I mean, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a good majority yeah. of them, right? Uh, yeah. It's, it, if you do see that, it's like, Oh, yeah. Unusual. I haven't seen those in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Can we help get you that taken care of? Exactly. exactly. Right. And you know what? Nine times out of 10, people are like, yes, please. Exactly. Like, where do I go? What do I do? Right. And you tell them and they're like, great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, I love the ARL programs because of that. I do, too. So we got off onto that volunteering. We did. We did. So the point is get involved <laughs> exactly we're just gonna simplify dan and i just went right. through 20 minutes of talking <laughs> to simply say get involved yes there you go arl hyphen iowa.org click get involved <clears throat> click on the volunteer it will tell you when where how etc if you have questions email molly or chloe at volunteer at arl hyphen iowa.org and before we're done um this is my favorite volunteer quote and I have been looking for it this entire time because I kept going to the wrong website. But it's by Margaret Mead. And the quote I is... I know what it is. Go yeah, ahead. I love qu- it. I, say, I talk about this all the time. Yep. The quote is, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. I love it. It gives me goosebumps. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because I love that. I, that's literally what volunteering is all about. For sure. And being involved, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. And remember, if you're outside of Des Moines... I can guarantee you every animal shelter in this state and in this country needs your help. Yep, that's right. And they don't care what it is either. Yep. If you want to go wash their windows or right. do their laundry, reach they're out. not going to tell you no. Absolutely. Reach out. So uh, great there. And I think that's a great lead in your rat terrier and training into the next <laughs> interesting little story that came across from IPR. Um that uh, was sent by Bernie. Thank you very much, Bernie. But uh, a first-of-its-kind study in the Journal of the Scientific Report um, was talking about thinking of a game of fetch 
with your dog, and of course you see dog, you know, you look at it, it's like a dog running back and forth. But this the study shows that they're not the only pets that like the game, and cats can play and fetch too, but they only do it on their own terms. Imagine. Imagine that. I'm not sure I needed a study for that, but right. but it just confirms what we know. That so, means we have PhD behind our name, right? Yeah, <laughs> we exactly. Told them that. Mm. Uh, so basically, academics at the University of Sussex and Northumbria University in Great Britain, they surveyed uh, almost 1,000 cat owners of, of 1,154 cats <clears throat> to find out if and why they fetch. Um, and they define that as throwing an object, uh, animal retrieving an object that's thrown, okay? So nearly 95% of the cat owners reported that their cats fetched items instinctively in the absence of training. Um, and one survey respondent said the cat returned the toy completely unprovoked. Um, mainly first noticed when the cats were under a year old. But the funny thing is that cats who fetch largely determine when they engage in fetching <laughs> sessions and actively influence the play behavior of their owners. In other words, they say uh, they like to be in control. Uh-huh. Yeah. I totally believe that. I'm sure you've had cats that fetched. You know, I don't. Really? And you know what I started thinking when I got this article? Have I ever, like, thrown them something to, like, <laughs> fetch? You know, I usually, I'm such a, you know me, I'm a ping pong ball person, yeah. get ping pong balls for your cats, or a fishing pole. Well, they can't fetch and return a ping pong yeah, ball. Yeah, that's true. And I use a fishing pole. So I am seriously going to see, I bet you my newest kitty, who I fostered and mm -hmm. adopted, of course, mm -hmm. uh, Lily, I bet you she'll do it. She's very you, playful. Yeah, I bet you she will. It's yeah. Good. Yeah, just get Did one yours? of those, like, cat, yeah, one of my cats. Uh, would fetch. The, the oldest one did. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if he still would. He he doesn't really care for, you know, he did, he's not that play. I mean, he's, like, 15 or 16, mm -hmm. so he's, like, over over that, you know. But, um, but yeah, you know what their favorite things were? Hair ties. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting, because mm -hmm. we do get a lot of... Inquiries about cats putting hair ties in water. Yes. Like they'll get hair ties, in yep. which no behavior person, like we all seem to have different opinions about why they're doing that. Uh -huh. So it's interesting that that's the fetch thing too. Yeah. Um, it, they think that from this study that the motivation for cats to fetch objects seems to be different from dogs. Like cats want to fetch um, because they're more inclined to play on their own with objects that resemble prey. Yeah. So I'm not sure where a hair tie comes into yeah, the prey. Yeah, no but, idea. <laughs> uh, but for dogs, play is more social and either involves another dog or human. Which makes sense, Which right? makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. dogs tend to be more, um, uh, like, you know, they want to please their owner, where a cat's just like, well, I'll decide what Thank we're you. doing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Love it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So that was a fascinating study that kind of came out. I'm not sure it's surprising, but it was still fascinating. Yeah. Don't you think? I just love that people are researching this stuff. Uh, yeah. And doing studies on it. Absolutely. So go get a little toy. They make, we talked about them last week. Cats, uh, toys for cats. Um, just get one of those little, uh, Toys. I, I know that ARL Animal House sells them. They they're wine corks. Oh yeah. That are uh, somebody like knits a little yeah. jacket for the wine cork. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a cat toy, and just throw that across the room and see what your cat see, does. Look, I, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I say, I mean, Ocho is 16, and Simon's going to look at me like. <laughs> I don't fetch, thank you. <laughs> right, right. But Lily might actually do it. I bet so, she will. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give will. it a shot. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I do. But uh, that's fun. But yeah, very fun. And if you have any uh, stories about your cats fetching, please put them on our ARL for Love of Animals Facebook page. We'd love to love to hear those stories yeah, and do. talk about. We can follow up and talk about them if yeah, we get some. Take so. videos and post videos. We'd love it. Yeah, yeah please do Make it. Make a TikTok. Do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. Instagram reel. Whatever. However you do it. Nowadays. Whatever works. Yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the boomers over here will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> May not be able to do it, but we can figure it out. So. Right, right. Oh my gosh. Right. So. Uh, so Tree of Life is still going on. Yes, um, Tree of Life. Yeah. Through the end of the month. Right. What's Tree of Life, Carol? Tree of Life. It is a, uh, basically we have holiday trees or boxes 
up at lots of different locations. And Dan, I'm hoping you're going to list some of those in a moment. Yes. But we've got a fetch list out on our website, and uh, basically we just need supplies. Um, even you mentioned cleaning glass windows earlier, glass cleaner, paper towels. Right. Um, but, you know, lots of dog toys, cat toys, peanut butter or tuna uh, for the dogs and the cats. We need small animal things. I mean, whatever uh, you would want to donate, that would be great. But you bring it out to one of our locations that we have these either trees or boxes set up and put your donation in. And I had somebody ask me the other day, Dan, after listening to us um, on a podcast a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this, like, does this get us through the year? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get us through the year. So right. please continue to donate <laughs> uh, cat litter and all those sorts of things to us. Right. But this is a big chunk. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, hugely helpful. Yeah. I mean, the atrium at Arrow, Maine, which is one of the um, drop-off locations, which is at 52, excuse me, 5452 Northeast 22nd Street. Um, it's full. It's very cool. And to your point, it would be nice if it got everybody through the year but it doesn't right there's a lot of happenings going on but to your point there are tree of life drop-off locations all across uh des moines proper and uh the suburbs uh arrow maine bomb gars on northeast 14th franklin plaza family dentistry connet services paul's and pints uh, and then in clive at berkshire dental zoom room uh arrow west which is inside iowa pet food and seascapes at 1500 22nd street uh, Animal Doctors in West Des Moines, Element Hotel in West Des Moines, and then the Zoom Room in Ankeny, and then Denny Elwell Company and Waxing the City are also in Ankeny, and then Beyond the Metro in Collins, Iowa, which is amazing. How cool is that? Uh, Sweet Oaks Bakery and Bistro <laughs> at 601 First Avenue in Collins, Iowa, which is amazing. Yeah, all these people, all these businesses have done this for us, mm-hmm. and we're so great, and the animals, we're so grateful to all of them. And anytime you can... Um, you know, give biz- give these businesses your business. Please do and tell them thank you for doing this for the animals. Yep, that's right. And to your point, go out to our website, uh, arl-iowa.org. Click on the event uh, tab, and that will show you a calendar. If you click on Tree of Life, uh, it lists out the fetch list that you had referenced. There's one for dogs, one for cats, one for small animals, uh, one for barn animals even. Um, and then gift cards and other supplies. So to your point, label makers for when we mail. Yes. Think, like literally everything. Command strips, file folders, dry erase markers, yada, yada. Um, but if you want to help with this and you are not able to get to a drop-off location, you are more than welcome to go on Amazon or whatever. Um, and there's fetch lists on there. And you can click a button and purchase it. And it will be mailed directly to the ARL which is the easiest way to do it because you can do it in the middle of the night in your underwear. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You don't even have to brush your hair. Yes, that's exactly right. So, um, so Dan. Yes. So we got a list today sent uh-huh. to us also by CEO World Magazine, and they revealed the most popular dog breeds in each U.S. state. And I shouldn't have sent you the list before I said to you, guess what you think the one in Iowa is. I know. Because I know what it is. But it surprises me. It really does surprise me. You know, it did surprise me, too. Yeah. I'll give you the glory. A Bernice Mountain Dog. And, of course, I have a Bernice Mountain Dog that I adopted from the Animal Rescue League about two years ago now. And he is the most fabulous thing in the entire world. His name is Jax. And all of you listening to this podcast and all of those of you to come, you will hear a lot about (laughs) my dog Jax and Remy, my Irish setter, which was adopted from the Rescue League about a year and a half ago. Um, So... Uh, obviously, I always say adopted from the ARL, and like I'm sure people are like, uh, duh. duh. But uh, <laughs> but it would shocked me, and then and then I looked at the other states, and like California, Florida, Hawaii, uh, I think those are all of them. Where the, oh no, there was one more, Texas, Washington, all Bernie's Mountain Dogs. I just felt like yeah, Iowa, Pennsylvania was Pennsylvania, on Rhode the two? Island. Oh, Texas, I did miss those. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like. Iowa seems an outlier in those. Does yeah. that to you for Bernice yeah. Mountain Dogs? Yeah, it's very interesting to me. One, because they, um, you know, they're like, uh, what do you call them, a northern breed? Or yeah. Red, you know, because yeah. they like the cold. Right, the cold exactly. Um, I mean, 
I guess it depends on where you're at in California. I but guess, in yeah. Texas, like Texas? I know. Florida? Yeah. What? They love the cold. In <laughs> right. fact, like when it gets cold, I have to like go get jacks and say, get in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally just saw a TikTok earlier today <laughs> of a Bernese Mountain Dog that was out on somebody's deck. Yeah. And it was snowing and it was midnight. Uh-huh. And they had tried for six hours to get the dog <laughs> to come in. And every time the lady would open the door, the dog would just like start bouncing around like he was playing. And she's like, I'm not coming out there. He does. Jax does the exact same thing. I call it popcorning. Yes. I'll be like, get in here, Jax. And he'll start popcorning me. Yes. Like, you know, and I'm like, I'm not coming out in the 20 degrees temperature this morning. So get in here. Um, yeah. But I thought it was oh, just fascinating it. that Iowa was Bernie's bound dog. I don't even see that many of them. Around. I know. Yeah. I don't either, which is very surprising. But, yeah. Um, another thing that is quite interesting is uh, Australian shepherds yes. are very prevalent on this list. Especially states that start with A. Uh, right. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. Uh, yeah. Which all is, were Australian shepherds. Yeah. And then Indiana. Indiana. Was, uh, Australian shepherd. Missouri. Montana, they're very popular. They are. New York. And I I mean I see those everywhere. People people yeah. love those dogs. They're yeah. easy to train. They're super smart. Um but this list is is pretty cool. It is cool. And uh Bulldog is on here quite mm-hmm. a bit from different states, Labrador Retriever. Um, I do notice Irish Setter is not on here. And <laughs> after my first year with Remy, who has turned into to be a total sweetheart, she might have been a terrier at one point right. in former life because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that energy is crazy. Right. So, yeah. Um, um, I like that West Virginia had uh, a four-way tie. They had Bulldog. Labrador Retriever, German Shepherd, <coughs> and Boxer, which those are all such different breeds. Aren't they, though? <laughs> the other the other thing that really just made me kind of giggle was, I know you love Terriers, mm-hmm. but nowhere on this list did I see a Terrier. I know. Hmm? I know. Yeah. Well, is a Boxer considered a Terrier? I Maybe a little bit. A little bit? Maybe a little bit. I mean, and I, I obviously love, I've had Terriers. I had a Jack Russell, yeah, you guys, Westie yeah, Mix, you guys I had did. a Rat Terrier, um, but they're a lot. Oh, wait, Boston Terrier. Is it on here? Delaware. Delaware. Way to go, Delaware. <laughs> the smallest state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <clears throat> so anyway, very cool <laughs> list. We're going to have that list posted out on our ARL uh, for Love of Animals Facebook page. Check it out. But uh, yeah, the Bernie's Mountain Dog in Iowa really did surprise me. Yeah, yeah. it's um, that's a cool list. I it like is. That. Very cool. Uh, another fun fact that I just learned on my way over here. Um, about Bernie's Mountain Dogs, which is so weird. Yes. Um, I was actually listening to another podcast called Ologies. Um, so you're kind of cheating on this podcast. Well, I I listened to our episode earlier Okay, today. all right, I fair did. enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ologies is, is one of my favorites. But um, she interviews really smart science people and asks some dumb questions. That's like her her saying, you know, ask smart people dumb questions, which <laughs> I love. That is cool. Um, and she was talking to um, a doctor who studies like near-death experiences, essentially. And they were talking about like when near-death experiences started to be recorded from a scientific perspective. And it was in the 1890s, I believe. Um, it was a guy named Albert Hein, I think. Uh, if I get that wrong, I'll correct myself. But um, he was uh, a climber. He climbed mountains. He um, fell off this mountain 60 feet, had a near-death experience, and then he started asking all of his other friends, like, has this ever happened to you, you know, if you've gotten hurt or, you know, whatever. So then he started recording these near-death experiences. But the crazy thing is his wife was a physician in uh, Switzerland, uh, I believe the first female Switzerland uh, uh, doctor in Switzerland, and he loved Bernie's Mountain Dogs, <laughs> and they were, like, basically becoming extinct, and he didn't want that to happen. So he started a breeding program for Bernie's Mountain Dogs. So he's also the man that we should thank for keeping that breed around, and now it's the most popular breed. Of course, my total hero at this point. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, you think about people making a difference. I mean, you right. know. He's, yeah. He saw a problem, and he <clears throat> was like, I'm going to fix this. Absolutely. And he sure did. And here we are uh, talking about him, you know, 100 years later. Right. 100 years later. and years plus. My adorable Jax is here because of him. That's right. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. I love that. 
Ah, so I think we're going to take a quick break, right? I think so. All right, we'll do that. We'll be back in just a bit. Help ensure a bright future for animals by planning a gift that benefits the ARL today or after your lifetime. You can help ensure our future success in promoting animal welfare, strengthening the human-animal bond, and preventing the overpopulation and abuse of pets. Our website will help you decide how to start your giving journey today. Visit www.arliowa.planmygift.org to learn more. The Animal Rescue League of Iowa is looking for people who can give an adoptable pet a break from the shelter for a week, a month, or more. Fostering a pet through our shelter getaway programs for cats, dogs, and even horses allows you to help homeless pets without the lifetime commitment. So whether you're longing for pet companionship but can't commit long-term, or you're able to make room for one or more on a short-term basis, we need you. Visit arl-iowa.org to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. We're back with For Love of Animals podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I was choking there for a moment. I'm Carol, and uh, I'm here with Dan, and we have Hello. been talking fun volunteer stuff, cool cats, fetching stuff, popular dog breeds. We're just yeah. having a lot of fun. Yeah, we talked about everything today. I, exactly. Told if, our life stories that's earlier. That's right. Well, the beginning of them, but <laughs> right, yeah, right. we'll be sure and bore right. you all. The beginning of more the rest of, of our life. Right. right. There you go. That's right. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor the For Love of Animals podcast, be sure and reach out to Casey Rutis, who is our ARL development uh, person. K-R-O-U-T-O-S, K-R-O-U-T-O-S at ARL-Iowa.org. You can email her. Uh, you can also email us um, anytime, and uh, we'll get we'll get back to you if you yeah. want to sponsor and if us. you you can record your own ad, we can record it for you. <clears throat> I will not be recording them because I don't mm, know how to read. So. Me neither, and <laughs> I don't necessarily have a great voice at that. So. Right, but... Uh, yeah, we, we can make it very easy. Yeah. Um, you can do it yourself. Like you said, send us an audio file, whatever you want to yeah. do. So get in touch with Casey. Yes, do. Um, I want to mention the Raise Your Paw auction, which is coming up. So that will be April 20th. Oh, gosh. It's I know. going to be here before we it know is, it already. And people think it's, it's like four months away. Yeah, it's only four months away. Right. What was the date again? April 20th. April and it will 20th. be at the Meadows at Prairie Meadows again this year. We love them. Um, It'll, you know, we're going to start selling tickets here early January along with tables. You can certainly donate um, an item to be auctioned off, a service. We do all sorts of really cool stuff. Um, it's huge. It's fun. Be sure and mark your calendars right now mm -hmm. to attend. If you get a gift for the holidays or a bottle of wine that you don't want or need, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. So be sure and reach out um, reach out to us. Yeah, or whiskey, right? Oh, for sure. Because we're doing the wine or the whiskey. Whiskey wall. Yeah. Yes, yes. People um, love those. Last year we had great whiskey uh, donated and uh, obviously <clears throat> hundreds of bottles of wine donated and we did a raffle on those. It's just always a lot of fun. I and, know, I need um, to start buying some. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, anyway, any of that, we'd love to have it. And But please mark your calendars so that you can um, plan to attend because it is truly a celebration of pets. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. And there's hundreds and hundreds of items, right? Yeah, all donated. Silent auctions, live auctions. Um, it's so it's fun. It Just is fun. And and it's artwork and it's jewelry and it's right. get Detail vacation services getaways. for your car. Absolutely. I mean skydiving. People ask me like what we auction off. I can't I, I just go everything. Right. You know, yeah. That's I a valid mean, answer. It, it's truly the truth. <laughs> so uh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So very cool. Pet store or animal store. You yeah. wanna you wanna cover that? Sure. Yeah. Um so at the Oklahoma City Zoo and Botanical Garden, um, they announced in a news release that six pups were born to first-time mother Pele on the 5th and 6th of November at the Oklahoma City Zoo and Botanical Garden. Um, what kind of puppies, you may ask? They are rare African painted dogs. They are so cute. Um, the species has been declining over the past decade, which is kind of you know wah, wah, wah. right um kind of what we're hearing um 
about a lot of yeah. uh, animals. Don't get past. me started, Dan. There you go. We're starting to learn those buttons. I love that. <laughs> I had to scroll. And don't get me started because you know I'm just going to go off on my soapbox about this endangered species thing because people need to stop buying things that result in animals becoming endangered like ivory. Right. Yeah. I mean, and even um, palm oil, like that desecrates habitats for orangutans. Absolutely. Like, just be more mindful um, when you buy things as to how the ingredients are sourced and yep. whether or not they're sourced ethically or not. Um, and, you know, we all say, oh, well, it's not going to make a difference because I'm just one person. Well, what did I just read off earlier, that quote about the community getting together and making a change right if yeah i do it and you do it and then 50 other people do it and then 100 other people do it yep it's going to make a difference you know and not to digress from that adorable story but like <clears throat> very recently uh a couple guys were charged um basically they were they were killing birds so uh they did a, like they call it a killing spree of over three thousand birds in montana including eagles because they wanted the feathers to sell so if people wouldn't buy things, right? you know, we could stop this. But like why do you need a bald eagle feather? I know. So they were on a year-long killing spree, federally protected eagles, and selling them on the black market. So it's it's the stuff that we can stop together. Right. We can stop this together. But anyway, go on with this really That's cool right. story. So Oh, yeah. So the African painted dogs. So um, all the pups are doing really well. They're all eating uh, very well, which is good. Um, and the Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City uh, Zoo and Botanical Garden has for many years supported the African dog uh, breeding program, which is kind of cool. Um, but at their, they say after the whole uh, painted dog pack has bonded, uh, the zoo's veterinary and animal care teams will conduct wellness exams on the pups. Um, will they also determine the sex of each uh, new addition and give them vital vaccinations to make sure that they stay healthy? Um, but it's funny, there's a photo here of <laughs> one of the, the grown adult uh, African dogs, and it looks just like my friend's dog. <laughs> Does it really? <laughs> yeah. And what breed do they think that your friend's dog is? Well, she uh, was rescued off of uh, an Indian reservation. Okay. So she's like a, she's probably considered a village <clears throat> dog, honestly. Okay. Um, which we've talked about before. It's like an actual breed thing, but... Um, she probably is African painted dog. Okay. <laughs> well, they're they're amazingly beautiful. Yeah, their <clears throat> their markings are amazing. But I'm not speaking to your friend's dog because I'm assuming it's domestic and blah blah blah. Oh but, yes, but yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> I don't think you're supposed to own these dogs, right? I oh, mean, they're gosh, wild no. dogs. Yes, they're yeah. wild. You, you wouldn't want one of these dogs. Yeah. Um, Plenty of really wonderful domestic dogs sitting in shelters that need adopted. Exactly. That right? look like African painted dogs. Clearly, <laughs> exactly. if my friend has one, you can find one too. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's that's a fun story about um, a rare and endangered species that, again, the zoos are coming through. It, We've talked about it before. Saving those species. Yes, they yeah, are. for sure. So that's really cool. So Good work at OKC Zoo. Right. Love it. We, we're out of our time. I think we are. And um, before I forget, uh, we have our phone number set up. Oh, great. For leaving voicemail. So we've talked about this for a while. If you have a question, a comment, uh, if you want to make fun of me, you can call and leave a voicemail. Which, let's face it. Please do. Yeah. I want to listen. Right. <laughs> um, you can give us a call now. Leave us a voicemail. And uh, we'll hear it. Um Supposedly, there's a way that I can play it, so we'll get that worked out. Yeah, I'll figure that out. Yeah, uh, just like I figured out the the buttons. Love it. Got it there. Uh, the phone number is five one five four six one five zero seven nine. Again, that is five one five four six one five zero seven nine. If you have a cute animal story, a behavior question, um, or just want to tell us something funny, yeah, tell us a joke. 
and rest assured, no haters. And if people are calling in with hate or negative, da, 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 we're not going to play it. No, I'll delete it and right. move on to the next one. Exactly. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Do better. Do better. Do better. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been very fun. And it I, has. I love the podcast. We're going to be having more and more guests on with us and um, continuing to talk about all sorts of cool animal stuff. And uh, hopefully you listen every week. Yeah. And thank you to Chloe and Molly for stopping in. Today. Absolutely. Very fun. Yeah, so and again, get involved, go volunteer. If you're local to Des Moines and you want to get involved with the animal rescue league, please do, uh, go to ARL Iowa.org. Click, get involved, click on the volunteer button and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Very cool. Or you can ask us. Or you can ask us. I mean, it would be quicker just to go on the website, but if, if you want to ask us a question, yep. We'll let you know. Yep. And I'll you, send you the link. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and if you have, uh, you know, behavior questions, you and I, we're here. Yeah. We want to help keep those pets in the homes. Yeah. Ask us. Uh, so anyway, we'll be signing off in a world where you can be anything. Be kind. Everyone go forth and pop forward. See you next time.